Ludus Novus, Episode 15, for October 12, 2008. Curse of Ludus Novus. I'm Gregory Weir, and you're listening to Ludus Novus, the podcast dedicated to the art of interaction, where we talk about digital games, interactive fiction, and role-playing. I've had an interesting couple of weeks. I put together a little Flash game, which I put up to uh, try and get sponsored on Flash Game License, and I got a, a decent amount of money for it. So I'm, I'm thinking that this might actually be a, a valid career path to to make Flash games and get them licensed and maybe make some money off the ads. So I'll, I'll be looking into that. As soon as the game gets put up live on on the sponsor's site, then I will provide it on ludusnovus.net and folks will get to take a look at it. Meanwhile, today I'm going to be talking about sequels in digital games. Sequels are quite popular among digital games, in fact, so popular that a lot of game reviewers and game commentators have coined the term sequelitis for how games tend to spawn clones of themselves if they do very well on the market. But when we look at sequels in digital games, it's a different sort of system than when we see sequels to movies or to books. Usually, a movie or a book that's a sequel is a continuation of the storyline or of the characters from that work. So a sequel to Spider-Man is Spider-Man 2, which is basically the same format and idea as Spider-Man 1, but provides further events, further progress for the character, and so on. If you look at a sequel to a book, like the second Harry Potter book is a sequel to The Sorcerer's Stone, you have a book that tells an additional story, new beginning, middle, and end, that progresses the plot line that's the general overarching story of the series and uses the same characters. But there's nothing particularly revolutionary there. However, in digital games, if you make a sequel that has the same gameplay and feel as the original without anything new beyond storyline, you'll get laughed off of the shelves. It's, it's to the point where we have this completely separate concept of expansion pack or standalone expansion pack that is the term for when a game is pretty much like the original but has a new storyline and, and new minor content. A sequel in digital games is expected to have new things updated graphics, new aspects to the gameplay, new enemies, new settings, everything needs to be new and different and better in addition to 
the new storyline. So if you look at something like the amazing Sands of Time trilogy, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and its, its direct sequels, I personally would have loved to see a sequel that was just like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, but continue the plot line within a new setting with new events, of course, probably a few new characters. But the sequel that came out was Warrior Within, which added a combat system that I didn't particularly like and changed the game a whole lot. New, new graphics, drastic new gameplay elements like the ability to have a second weapon that, that you could generally was useful for throwing at things to kill them. That's just about all I use the secondary weapons for in that game. And a new combo, combo system, they changed the fundamental nature of the game, made it much more combat-focused, and not to mention the horrible things they did to the tone. Penny Arcade discussed that much more cleverly and more entertainingly than I ever could. But there, there's a an instance where you see the difference between what we think of as in a sequel for a digital game and what we think of as a sequel for a movie. If you made a sequel to Spider-Man where Peter Parker in the second movie was a much more angry person and where there was much more of a focus on combat than in the previous one, you'd get kind of a weird reaction. It would be sort of like Chronicles of Riddick, which was a sequel to Pitch Black which, you know, had the same character, but had a drastically different setting and, and feel to it. And everyone was like, why did you make this movie? Whereas if Chronicles of Riddick the game was a sequel to Pitch Black the game, people would probably eat it up and love it. Part of this is the reduced focus on story in digital games, which I personally lament, but a lot of people don't seem to mind. A lot of people like having gameplay be the primary focus in games, which I, you know, that's fine. If, if that's your thing, that's okay. And so, a in that sense, a sequel to a game needs to update the gameplay. There needs to be more and different gameplay because that's sort of what's important in a game. I think that, yes, there should be more and different interaction, but if that interaction isn't necessarily the, the low-level gameplay. You know, it's okay if you don't have more weapons as long as the choices and interesting things you can do for your characters and storyline are different and exciting. Then I don't mind as much if you don't really update the graphics much or, you know, give, give me some remaster textures if hardware supports that now, fine. But I don't really need the gameplay to be that different. But most of the market seems to require that in a sequel. And that's, that's something that's, that I think is, is kind of interesting, because we demand that more of the same, more of Halo, can't just be more content in the game. That's what an expansion pack is for. An expansion pack, Brood War, is an extension of the storyline of StarCraft. It adds some new enemies, at, or new units, because they're not necessarily enemies, depending on which side you're playing and it adds a few new gameplay elements as a consequence of those units. But it doesn't qualify as a sequel, because a sequel has to have this updated graphics and, and new gameplay elements. After the break, I'll talk a bit more about the sort of sequels that I want to see, and about the influence of episodic gaming on how I think about sequels. One day I saw you and pulled up a stool I said, Kathy, I've known you since first grade in school 
Personally, I would like to see more sequels of games that I like that don't necessarily need to have that much gameplay. And that's part of the charm of episodic gameplay, which is that I can play Sam and Max Episode 1 and have a fun experience. And if I like that, then in just a month or two months or whatever the schedule is for the episodic game... I can have more of the same sort of gameplay and interesting fun and story without having to wait for a whole new engine to be done. The sort of next step up is Half-Life 2's quote-unquote episodic content, which really, if episodes are six months or more apart, you're not really all that episodic. But you've got the same engine with modest upgrades, but new settings. And that's really what I consider a sequel. The episodic Half-Life 2 sequels are the kind of sequels that I'd like to see in just about every game I like. I, I would love it if Grim Fandango had gotten a sequel that was along the lines of the Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Episode 2 sequels, which actually Grim Fandango might not necessarily be a good game to give a sequel to. You would probably not be able to use the characters from the first game because of various spoilery things that happen to them involving, oh, going off to a final death. So you d generally have to work with the story setting more than the characters that exist in the game. And a lot of games aren't built for that sort of sequel to go on. Generally, you get one of two things. You get a game which very neatly ties everything up in the end. The big threat to the universe is gone, the big threat to the world is gone, and this is part of the consequence of the storyline of games being protect the world, protect the universe, the universe is in danger, and you can't really leave a game like that hanging with, yes, the universe is still in danger, but now it's a little less in danger. So games tend to have a very final ending, and so it's harder to extend just the story in that case. A movement that I think would be welcomed by a lot of folks is to make games a little bit less crucial. We don't need to be saving the world every time. I'm perfectly fine with saving one town or one country. I don't really need to be protecting all of existence from an extra planar threat. So that's that's the kind of the one kind of game that wraps everything up so neatly that you need to put new content in to justify this extra story that is often a bit tacked on to the end. The other example is something that happened like in the game 13, or XIII, which ended in a cliffhanger, or the, the game um, Anachronox, which ended in a cliffhanger, especially since generally if you look at games if it ends in a cliffhanger, you're probably not going to get a sequel to it. It's just a curse that that seems to be the case. And one might argue it's because ending a game in a cliffhanger usually means that either you ran out of time and money, or your ideas weren't all that good anyway. And Akronox, I'd say, is the exception to that. I enjoyed my whole time in Anachronox, and I think it really deserved a sequel. 
So we can look at sequels in a few different ways. One is the mercenary way in which the video game industry tends to look at things, which is this game made a whole lot of money. We would like to make two whole lots of money, so we should make a sequel to this game because folks who like the first game will probably pick up the sequel looking for more of that fun. There's a second way, which is how players probably most often look at sequels, which is, boy, I enjoyed Halo a lot, I love playing multiplayer, I love the plot, and I want more of that sort of thing. So I'm going to go out and buy Halo 2 because I want to continue that experience in ways that replaying the first game aren't going to get me. And then there's the third sort of way of looking at sequels, which is often the way that it's taken up in, say, series of novels, where the story has not completely concluded. You've gotten a beginning, a middle, and end to one story, but there's an overarching story that can be continued. We don't see very many games that have an overarching story that can be tied into in that way. Halo is one of the few big game series that can do that. Um, Monkey Island series did a good job of, of having the plot really continue on through the games. In conclusion, I think that sequels, in my opinion, should be pushed more towards the story sequel. I am just fine with buying a new game that uses much of the technology of the original one, uses much of the same gameplay, and just offers new experiences. I think We Love Katamari was a great sequel to Katamari Damacy. And I think that you would be perfectly justified as a game developer in using the same engine, the same technology for a game, but adding, putting in new levels and new story and maybe new characters that fits the storyline that you're progressing and offer it, put it on shelves, you know, maybe take $10 off for the engine that you didn't have to re-implement or expand. And I'd love to see games that did more of that sort of thing. If you have an opinion on how you think sequels work or don't work in games, or if you have a new idea that I didn't cover here, or if you have an example of a game that did sequels especially well, please drop me a line. You can put it in the comment section to this show on ludusnovus.net, or you can send me an email at gregory.weir at gmail.com. The music for this episode is Darian Gap by Josh Woodward and is offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Ludus Novus is offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike license. See you around. I asked, why are you still here? You just looked confused. And told me you can't get from here to Peru in a car.
Someone to pave you a road. 